take it. Oh, big start. What about that? Petrarca, the dribbler. And it bounces over the defender's head. To make it seven straight for the Demons and to give them a whopping 67-point lead. So a late-season warning reverberates around the AFL. Hello and welcome to Attention to Detail, the podcast for Days fans, by Days fans, as we hold on for dear life aboard the roller coaster ride that is Barracan for the Melbourne Football Club. This episode is proudly brought to you by our sponsors, Hop In Brewing and Valley Electrical Group. My name is Tim and I am joined each and every week by my co-host, Simo, as always. Mate, finals are here. Dee's absolutely obliterated the Lions on Friday night at home. Uh, Zorko's a flog, mate. We finished second on the ladder. How are we feeling? Have you calmed down from Friday night? It was very, uh, it was very aggressive watching the game with you on Friday. Really, it would be interesting to give the listeners a a little bit of a rundown of what happened during the night, and the, I suppose the pre the pre game antics and everything well, else. I feel like I, I kind of died by the end of it. I think I just sort you of did hit, hit an absolute wall by the end of the game. But um, yeah, I was on a high. Um, you know, to finish second. I mean, we've had the toughest draw in the league. You know, backs against the wall here and there. A lot of people doubting us, and I hope they keep doubting us, to be honest, because, I mean, a lot of people are saying Geelong, Collingwood, you know, they're the, you know, the top two in Sydney. You know, there's the Smoky on the outside and, you know, wondering where we sit. But, you know, obviously, if we bring our best brand, which we did against Brisbane, you know, we can beat anyone. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we do continue in that shape. Uh, shape. Um, you know, big, big final series coming up. It just sucks we have to wait a week, but Women's footy's on. Um, so women's footy's back. Um, and we get to see a curtain raiser before the Melbourne City game as well, which would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. It is. Uh, yeah, it is the business end now. It's everything that they've all played for. It's everything that fans have waited for. I think we're, yeah, like the, the added bonus on top of our big win on Friday night was the Saints kind of hanging around against St Kilda on Sunday afternoon and, and allowing us, for us to have that 10-goal win against Brisbane, bumping up a percentage finishing and staying second, which gives us that home final against the Swans uh, on the 2nd of September, which is, yeah, super exciting because I think we'll probably all resign to the fact that we'd have to play interstate, which that's fine. We're, what are we now, 13 and zip <laughs> in our last in our last 13 uh, interstate game? So, Just give us Freo. Uh, give us Freo and a Freelim <laughs> or something. We'll be, we'll be pretty happy with that. But to get back to your rundown, what you are talking about before, so I yes. did get out of the car and I started to walk towards the front door of Simo's house <laughs> And all I could hear was just doom, 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 doom. And just like full Dakota vibes, like, you know, 11, 12 a.m., like Melbourne shuffle sort of stuff. And I'm looking around, I'm thinking, shit, where is this music coming from? <laughs> and I ring the doorbell and the music stops. And uh, yeah. And turn then, down, turn down. It's <laughs> you still going. I think I might have changed the, the, the genre. After you got in the in the household. Oh, you went straight to ACDC just <laughs> trying to, try to yeah, try to try to emulate the game day experience for the uh, running into you know Hell's Bells going straight into Grand Old Flag. But no, nah, it was it was a good fun night. You did hit a wall after a few mid strength beers, and uh, yeah, <laughs> it was. Uh, I had to ask your partner, El, uh, who was yeah great on the show last week, but I had to ask her, is this 
Is this what? Because we haven't actually watched a lot of footy together. No, um, I actually don't think we've. This is the the qualifying final. Is actually the first game we're actually sitting next. We, to yeah, each other. At, at, at because the oh, we go. met it, we met each other for a beer, the Melbourne Carlton game, and then right. we're meant to be at Melbourne Bulldogs this year. COVID hit, and then it's just like, yeah, yeah. No, it's gonna be no, looking forward <laughs> to it because uh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, apparently that's what you like all the time. Just being real aggressive and yelling uh, shit. <laughs> uh, I, I do like to say a few words. Um, yeah. But you're lucky You're lucky because we're up high um, for the qualifying final because I tend not to get too loud up top. <laughs> I still have something to say. If, I mean, it, it's Sydney sporters. I mean, I, I, I actually really like Sydney. Um, I won't on Friday, next Friday night, but. Yeah, I don't think they really have a bad bone in their body. So I think Melbourne supporters around us will get a treat, which would be nice. But I do, I do get up and about for the footy, which you uh, would have seen. And yeah, what was that? What was some of the best bits you saw? Because <laughs> the best bits, yeah, oh. I don't know. Was it the pizza it's... beforehand? <laughs> well, the pizza, no, the pizza was spot on. Uh, yeah, it was absolutely, um, yeah, treated to a delicious dinner uh, by Simone L. That night, a few homemade pizzas before the game, but best bits. I think you're just losing your shit in in amongst the seven goal streak in the second quarter, and sort of just like saying, like, what is going on? Like, and I, I was relatively calm because I'm not that I was afraid we're going to lose, but I just thought, yeah, there's another whole half of footy. Yeah, I'm not getting too excited now, uh, but yeah, you you are losing your shit. Um, um, do you know what's the problem with that? I actually did the exact same thing early in the year. Funnily enough, I was in the shower as footy watching the game. I just had it on the phone in the cubicle. And uh, <laughs> it was against Frio. And we were, we were blowing them away in the second quarter. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. like here we go. Like, we're up and about. And they go up into the rooms in the in the function room at Upway. And then all of a sudden, Frio start getting a hold of us. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Um, and same with all the losses. I've, I've just thought we've been playing good footy. And then we just decide to just not play good footy. I don't know. It's just... I think it was. Well, I think, but, yeah, I, th- yeah. I mean, personally, and I think it was. I think we were both just really, uh, really excited about how we were playing. I think it wasn't just mm. the fact that we we're winning. I think it was how we were winning because I think the differences and the things that we'd sort of talked about over the last probably four weeks about areas that we'd love to see improve on, like the forward line, you know, actually moving into space, the mids really having great connection with our forwards, and our defence was our defence. That was great, but you know, to see we haven't seen probably a really damaging second quarter like that for, for a number of weeks now, um, probably since the Brisbane game last time we played them. But I think everything that fans and supporters and the media have called out for what we want to see from our players and our forward line, it looked to have happened. And yeah, I think just everything seemed to be gelling. And I think the prospect of that going into finals and really hitting our straps now is yeah, it's it is. It's exciting as a supporter, and Simo, you got every right to lose your shit <laughs> when that happens. So nah, it, it was it was super pleasing, and yeah, like the second half was what it was. Like it was nothing absolutely outrageous. We just did what we needed to do, you know, fifty-seven point win, and uh, yeah, locked up second spot, which which was massive. So um, yeah, what what else happened this week? We, we had well a couple. Well, shit, well a couple of big things coming from that game, like the whole petty situation, which is oh yes, not that. great. I was about to say, I was trying to jump in and chime in there on the, the Sunday of footy was nuts. You'd have to talk about that I mean, Yes, I mean, the petty situation was very petty. Um, you know, it was shit-ass by Zorko. I mean, you don't just, you don't say that sort of stuff on a footy field, but 
look, I mean, yes, like, like, you know, it was it was kind of good to a degree that they've left it to a side. I mean, a lot of people were saying that, you know, they probably should have dealt with it a little bit more harsher on Zorko's end, but I think you know, probably for, for Petty, he just didn't want, you know, the continued, you know, what's you know, the end result of it. I don't know. There's, he's probably just like, yeah, he just wants to get, get on with it yeah. and just move on, start focusing on finals footy now and, and then move on from there. Um, Sunday footy, um, nuts. Uh, I, I, for one, I was, I was, I was actually on, uh, what's it called? Swan, Swan Street, the way the corner hotel is. Um, went to, uh, or drove in. So I went with Al and uh, sister and you know, went to the grilled, having a burger. And we're watching the Hawthorne doggies game and they were cheering for Hawthorne. I was like, oh, geez. You imagine, like, I just wanted, like, I mean, as bad as this sounds, I just wanted the doggies to get up. So then the Carlton Collingwood game was, you know, bigger. But, like, I mean, you look at it now and I, I feel like a bit of a d- dick. But, um, <laughs> then knowing when doggies got up, which we saw it was like part, part way through the first quarter, we knew the result and we saw that, uh, the doggies were up by like 0.6 of a percent. I think it was. And yeah, like crap, yeah, they have to win to get through now. So they can't just lose like that one point loss, you know, wouldn't have changed things, but the spectacle like that, if that's anything to go off, what finals are going to be in Melbourne, like we're in for an absolute treat. That that place was rocking, eighty eight thousand. Like it was, it was an awesome spectacle. Um, great game. Um, you know, bad luck for Carlton, but you know, it just. I mean, fuck, I hate Collingwood. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then even the last game, you know, Sydney, you know, getting doing enough to get the job done, but you know, allowing us to to burst them in in Melbourne instead of in Sydney. Like I think that's, you know, plays into our hands. I'd say. Like I mean, I feel like you know we play our best footy anywhere than you know wherever chance, but. Yeah, an awesome Sunday of footy and, you know, it's just going to be a serving for what's going to be a great final series. Absolutely, absolutely. It was, yeah, one of the all-time rounds, I'm sure. And, yeah, a great spectacle, as you said. And, yeah, now now the real season starts. Uh, all right, well, let's have a think. Like, so news, so Cam Rayner uh, got, I think he got upheld at the Tribunal tonight. Um, so he's still going to serve his suspension for his Something. tackle on Benny Brown. Uh, you know, albeit whether they go to the appeals board. I mean, who knows after the whole Cripper thing a couple of weeks ago. Uh, some good news for the D's on an injury front. Tom McDonald uh, available for selection for the VFL finals this week, which is massive. Um, I don't know. It's still probably a bit of touch and go about whether you see him coming back into the seniors side. I think if, if everything is gelling so well, why would you disrupt that? But no, great for him and... You know, his confidence and for, to, to see him get back on track after, yeah, what's been a disappointing season for him from an injury-wise going down when he was playing such good footy. So, great to see him there. But, Simo, the news aside, we're, we're very excited today. We've got someone else to help us chat through the game. Who have we got today? Hey, we've got Guy Rigoni, Riggers. Um, you know, the, the famous number 43, which is actually retired now. Nah. <laughs> I don't think no one wears it now, but uh, yes, Guy Rigoni, um, you know, look, really looking forward to chatting to him. I think, you know, just going through that era of, you know, when I was just a young fellow, just starting to back, back for the D's and, um, you know, he's, he's a part of that 2000 crew that, you know, I mean, got to the big dance, but obviously, you know, couldn't get the job done, but definitely served Melbourne supporters, um, you know, some really good um, successful times in, back in 2000 and during his tenure in the Melbourne Colours. Absolutely. And of course, friend of the podcast. I mean, we had him on nearly 18 months ago and he was our very first special guest in 2021. And yeah, very good things happened 
that year after he came on. So let's hope that's another good omen for Riggers to come on to the show. And yeah, looking forward to chatting to the footy about him. So uh, here he is and enjoy the show. Well, we are extremely fortunate to have our, well, some very good things happened. He was our very first guest for the season 2021. And Riggers, mate, the rest is history after that. Good luck charm for the days on that part. We had, you opened up the season for attention to detail and far out what a, what a year it was. But mate, welcome to the show, friend of the podcast. But uh, yeah, how are you traveling? How are you going? Really good. Thanks, Timmy. Um, yeah, thanks for having me again. Uh, yeah, last year finished off pretty well, didn't it? So it was... Uh, Pretty amazing. Let's let's start with uh, yeah Friday night. Um, guy, what did you think of Friday night's performance? I know I watched it with Simo. I think continuously he he kept looking at me on Friday night, being like, "What is going on in terms of second quarter?" Like just when that blitz was happening. But uh, I think it it pretty much puts us in a great stead heading into September. But did you see that coming at all? No. Look, I thought it was going to be a lot closer than what the game actually was in the end. Um, yeah, I watched it with uh, Nita and Chell and Anthony McDonald and a few of the boys. Uh, we had a, a MMD function actually to raise money for our car uh, for the drive coming up and we were blown away, you know, and Cozzy started off the way he did and just that first quarter especially like really set the tone for the rest of the game. He certainly did. I think Cozzy, yeah, his first half was just phenomenal and, and again, being... Somebody that had, I think he had what nearly four, well, had three goals in about 30 minutes of footy. Uh, yeah. And, you know, he had four goals by half time. But I know for for me and Simo, we we're chatting about it, and Simo, you'd agree with it, like the forward line, I think. And I don't know the balance of whether it's it's Melbourne changing things up a lot or is it Brisbane maybe being really poor defensively? And there's probably a mixture of both there. But for us, I think the forward line just looks so much more cohesive. And there was actually a bit of, bit more movement and i think we looked a lot more potent lowering the eyes ben brown actually had space to run into and our forward line was just super damaging in that second quarter to be honest tim it, oh i was gonna sorry guy yeah. nice to meet you by the way um <laughs> yeah, happy to have you on um it's always awesome to see you know players you grew up you know watching and being able to chat like this it's amazing um so thank you um i think the biggest thing for me is i kept telling you tim i was like when jackson Payne and uh Darcy Gardner got the footy. It just looked like we we're just going to score because I just thought they're just going to give the ball back to us, which we saw, you know, across the night, how many scores we got off turnover was nuts. And I just believe that's been, you know, lacking for so long. Yeah, and definitely what we did when we got the turnover, we didn't just bomb it back in there like we had been in other weeks. We actually lowered the eyes, like you said, Tim, and we hit someone with it, like whether it was Ben Brown presenting up or Cozzy just floating you know, out to the side. So it was a lot better. Do you think that was any, like, it's been very much publicised in the media about how, I suppose, boring and kind of, um, you know, predictable Melbourne had been playing at times, whether it was long down the line, you know, from a kick out or long down the line in bombing it inside 50 on, on top of, you know, whether it's Ben Brown's head or whoever else is down there, Gorn or Jackson. But 
it seemed like Friday night, and I don't know if it, is this Goody just pulling out cards right before finals time, and we saw a couple on Friday night. But is this is this just these like subtle tweaks? Because we also saw from the kickings, like Stephen May was no longer just kicking it, you know, along down the line to the left. Like there was actually you know a couple straight down the middle, um, you know, certainly changing lanes a little bit more. But there's certainly some variation in there. Is this just trying to lull them into a false sense of security or what? <laughs> I said I said the same thing to Chell. I said um, it was like we were doing the rope-a-dope the last couple of weeks and just pretending we were, you know, not boxing properly, but all of a sudden they just went to their game, you know, the, the A game, and, geez, we used the ball well. Yeah, no, we, we certainly did. And like, Simo, you talked about, you know, the defenders, like Brisbane's defenders keep handing it back to us. The contestant possessions, like last time we played them back in, was it around 15, and, you know, smacked them around the ball, uh, and and the scores reflected that. Whereas this one was actually like a lot closer. But I think I heard Fags talking after in his press conference and talking about how like I think they're only down ten contested ball. But where they really suffered was in the their defensive fifty. Like that's where a lot of the contested ball where they were down about seventeen eighteen, and that's where that high pressure from Melbourne again sort of came up. And Simo, you touched on before like being able to be damaging off turnovers and really make them pay. That was another big thing as well too. Like absolutely, was it 13 goals three at halftime or 13 goals four? Like almost unheard of for us over the last probably month of footy. But to see them actually kick straight and I think they're, I think at one point they're about eight, eight goals one from set shots or something like it's, yeah, it was, to see them take their chances in front of the, in front of the big sticks didn't, didn't quite reflect uh, how close every other stat was with Brisbane, even though we were just, we were clearly on top from the eye test, but um, the stats didn't quite read that way. I, I was surprised how close the stats were as well, Simo, and um, just because you know you're watching the game with so dominant, um, but you know watching the you know footy shows on the Sunday footy show and that, and they're saying how the stats were actually pretty close. But I think it was where we were having our set shots from this week compared to you know on the boundary. You know we're kicking so defensive into our forward line that it was. It was limiting our, you know, shots for goal where we're getting them. So your your accuracy is going to be down when you're not getting it in that V. Well, you think about efficiency going forward. So let's look at that second quarter. And uh, you know, seven goals, one from twelve entries. Like that's yeah. Talk about making the most of the opportunities. Where you, you think back to the Carlton and Collingwood games, whereas you know, at times we were we were sort of really blasting away and not really getting bang for buck when going inside fifty. So again, you don't know whether it's a mixture of quality of opposition or defence or it's just us sort of turning it up a notch and, and hopefully, you know, you really want to be playing that the right way heading into September. But it was, yeah, brilliant to watch. And I think now that's four consecutive times we've beaten Brisbane. I think Brisbane up at home, like it's, it'd be devastating as fans thinking that, you know, touted to be this top four clash. And, and unfortunately, yeah, for the second time in a matter of two months, like, Melbourne's had Brisbane's number quite easily and defensively they just they don't look very engaged and I don't know about you guys and I don't really like bad mouthing you know players but it like Harris Andrews and some of the body language of some of their defenders just doesn't look like their hearts all in it and defense has been an issue for them most of the season we know what they can do offensively but defensively it's yeah they seem to have yeah a bit of a lack there and they're they're looking like they could head out you know in in straight sets against uh well, not straight sets, but, you know, head out in a pretty big clash against Brisbane. I wouldn't be thinking many people would be backing them. I think it was sort of our mids too, because our mids were so dominant that their, their mids their mids were under pressure delivering, you know, into their 
the Brisbane forward line all the time. So I think it just rebounded so so quick that Harris Andrews and the other guys were just under the pump, you know, co- consistently. And they probably looked like they did drop their heads a bit. But, um, mate, it was raining. You know, the, the delivery in there was just kept bombarding them. And I reckon that sort of didn't help the, the backs much. Exactly. And I think not only that, but defensively we're structured too, I suppose. You know, if they look up the field and, you know, they've got the, our key pillars, like even Petty as well. Um, you know, that, that's all they see. And I suppose that's when they go into, you know, shock mode, like what, what the hell are they going to do? Which, you know, I think a lot of score from intercepts too. Um, I saw, you know, it was 11 goals to four across intercept possessions. Um, I suppose that's probably our biggest strong point where we springboard the ball from intercept and get the ball flowing our way pretty quick. It's, yeah, I suppose, you know, defensively we'll definitely on and playing our best footy again, which to be honest, I've only really seen probably three times this year, both times against Brisbane and against Freo, where we've shown showcased our best footy. And gee, I hope it's, you know, there's more to come. Uh, def- definitely. Uh, those three games, exactly the same. I, I read them. Um, you know, we, we didn't get caught out the back, our defenders too much the other night, whereas I think against Collingwood and a couple of the other games, even Carlton, you know, May and the guys pushed up probably too far than normal and we got caught out the back where we normally had, you know, either Petty or May always drops off to give us that little bit of coverage, which I think you need because you don't want them to run into an open goal. You know, anyone can score that. So. Yeah, no, definitely. And you, you talk about defensively as well too and, geez, our defence was just rock solid again. And, you know, it was great seeing, I think, definitely the highlight of the night was seeing Jake Lever kick that goal. And that's probably one of the best reactions you've ever seen in football. <laughs> For yeah. It was at 1,931 days since he's kicked a goal. Um, I love BT <laughs> chimed in. Oh, I don't, you know, it hasn't kicked a goal this year yet. And thinking, yep, yeah, no, and, and the rest, BT. <laughs> it's, uh, oh, that, yeah. that was a sight to see. But far out, like those, those boys like May, you know, Brisbane's forward line just were you know, not relevant. Um, and that's credit to our defence. And you think Michael Hibbert as well too, who now can uh, can empty out Charlie Cameron out of his pocket again. You know, once again, he's the only bloke to keep him to keep him goalless this year. And he's done it twice. So again, like we love Hibbert on the show and, and it's great to see him playing some great form, but far out, like to keep somebody like as dangerous as Cameron to zero goals and have no input in the game really is just super impressive. And, Heading into, yeah, a game next week where Tom Papley looks like he's probably going to scrape in after the concussion. Like, it'll be an, an equally important matchup for somebody who can really tear a game apart. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, even having Jake Bowie back there using the, using the ball, he, he used it really, really well and give us that springboard out of defence just by hitting, hitting our mids and giving them that, you know, that run. Speaking of mids as well, too, another card that Goody Goody played was, uh, I think, probably duped everyone when he brought in Harms and everyone was thinking, yep, here he goes. He's going to uh, shut down shut down Lockie Neal, but had a little ace up his sleeve with Thelman Brayshaw, who's now li- literally Mr. Fixit. He can, he can play anywhere uh, and did a, did a terrific job, especially in the first half when the game was well and truly over by. But, yeah, it's, again, watching him add that, you know, another card to his sleeve is just amazing, and, and Brayshaw continues to excel in in such a important year for for the days. Not only for the club, but also himself now re-signing. But our mids as well too were just amazing. I think Clayton Oliver again had a probably a really understated game as well too. I think his game's probably flown under the radar a little bit. How good he was Friday night. 
Yeah, definitely. I think I think Angus was our best player in the in the you know in the grand final apart from track. You know, he when when we needed him when we we're under the pump. I reckon Angus saved us several times and then track put the icing on the cake and you know got the spectacular goals. But Angus kept us in the game when we were, when the, the doggies were coming in the grand final. 100%. And even to go with another, you can sort of say midfielder, but how's Luke Jackson's tab work? Um, just his follow-up, just another midfielder at ground level. And crazy start, the 12 of his 16 were actually to advantage. Um, I mean, be interesting to see the start of how many to himself, but yeah, it's uh, pretty handy. And gee, we hope we, he stays, but you know, I mean, he could just play out this year and you know, hopefully bring us another one home. Yeah, look, he was... Phenomenal the way you can follow up the ball and that, that explosiveness for a big fella to really run on like another midfielder. You know, he did against Freo as well a couple of times where I was just, you know, he got three and four possessions in a row where he followed up. And I think the siren went just before he kicked it to uh, one of the boys in the forward line. But, um, yeah, the other night, the same. He just, his follow-up works sensational. Just gives you that extra person. He's definitely shown that ability. And I think that moment you were referencing to there, um, Riggers, was the, yeah, I think that was where he hit up Ben Brown. And he's done that a couple of times where he's had a really nice touch going inside 50 and being able to, yeah, really nail a, a short target for a, you know, a big, what, 199 centimetre bloke running down the wing um, at, at, hit, at full tilt and being able to hit a target like that again is just a really powerful weapon. And I don't know, hopefully it's the D's. You know, getting the most out of him, and we, we we do hope he stays. Have you got a gut feeling on on where <laughs> where where might you see him next year? I mean, obviously, love to see him at the D's, and it's a bit of a concern that he hasn't re-signed now. But what's your what's your feelings Look, there? It's a it's a it's a tough one. Like uh, I know what Tom Scully went through, and his dad said at the time that the offer was just ridiculous compared to what what he was getting at Melbourne and. Look, if uh, Luke Jackson's ended up with you know another grand final, I think the the answer is pretty easy for him. You know, you get two grand finals in your pocket, uh, medallions, and then you take the money. I think, unfortunately, but I hope he stays myself. But yeah, it's not looking great. Well, I suppose time will tell. Hey, what about um interesting one to chat about and change the topic here? But Dane Zorko, what's your opinions on him? Yeah, look, I, I think he's a great, great player, and I think the media have sort of really like, you know, saying that he's no good as captain and all that. You know, look, he's had a brain fade, said something he, you know, he probably shouldn't have. Um, but yeah, I don't know. He's a, he's a good player, and you know, don't get to that that standard without being pretty special. And I think the club handled it pretty well the way they just shut it down and and dealt with it in house with both Brisbane went straight up to Brisbane and discussed it, and yeah, I think that's where it ends. You know. I think Petty was pretty upset. You could everyone could see that, but yeah, I think they've handled it pretty well since then. What about like comparing these days compared to what it was like in an, in the AFL back when it was your time? Would would there be things like this back in the day that obviously you know cameras don't pick up, like get said or anything? Is is it something that's always sort of happened, or is it something that's just completely come and shocked everyone? It's always been there. Like there's. Especially if blokes know each other or know some, you know, delicate information. Yeah, it's been there. Like I remember, I remember a few, a few funny ones, but I can't really say. I don't want to say them out loud because it happened on the ground. But uh, yeah, there's some rippers. So <laughs> yeah, there was the the funniest one I can say that was really funny. That I can't remember who the player was, and they said, "Schwarter, why are you so fat?" 
And he said, because your, your mum gives me a bicky every time I fuck her. So. <laughs> Oh, that's good. <laughs> oh, it's as you said, it's certainly been part of the game. Well, it seems like it's been part of the game for a long time, and I suppose now we're we're in a society now where you know you do try and be as respectful as you as you can, and there's, there is that line of sportsmanship, and it's you do take every every inch for what it is as part of the game. But there there is a line, I'd say, and I think now think with everybody and, and and presently that we're all good at about looking after each other and seeing where that is and it was a really bizarre incident because i remember like just watching it and them talking about him being in tears you know for some reason i thought oh what is he being injured and then come back on like it was a really strange occurrence that we were trying to sort of you know rack our brains like what's what, what have we missed like what's what's happened um and then to have like Richo come on straight after the game and, and sort of talk about it then, like that's that was quite strange. And then when it all the event started unfolding, of course, the media's taken a field day of it. I mean, personally, yeah, I don't think it's a good look as a captain. It seems like he's got a bit of a reputation for being like that. I didn't, I think that the way that Brisbane sort of came from the first bounce, they seemed, I think, fake tough guys have been labelled a little bit. And I honestly agree with them because they did. They, they were coming to looking for a fight and I Personally, I, I think that took them away from their game. They, they didn't seem really concentrating on, on what was going on on the field. They were just ready to try and fight him. And we know, we know Viney's always going to get in there and fly the flag, but they, they were just looking for an excuse to fight. And I think that really kind of took their focus away from what they were actually there to do. Yeah, look, it's, when we played, like you had a lot of funny sledging and just jokes and that and just funny, you know, funny timing of when someone would say something. But... You know, you, you did your toughness winning the footy and smashing in and that, that you know, whether you clean someone up or you, you won that hardball like Jack does all the time, that sort of fires the whole team up more than more than a sledge, I reckon, because, you know, like, like Zorko, after he got tackled by Langdon, chucked him in the head like it was too late, you know, he got smashed. So it was just looked embarrassing what he did there. Um, you know, the other week when Langdon spoke up, mate, he deserved, you know, they, they were after him the other week against Collingwood. Um, you put, if you're going to open your mouth, you've got to be able to back it up. So, yeah, so that's how I was taught. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Well, you look at the, the two games against Brisbane, um, but, you know, a lot of things are going you know, relatively right for us here, this year. And I suppose having the probably the most toughest draw in the league and being able to finish with a home final, it's pretty amazing. But what do you think the um, most important win of the season has been? Oh, de- definitely, um, yeah, the last few games against Carlton, like we had to win to give us that, you know, top four just gives you that, you know, magic spot that if you do have a bad one, that you've got a backup plan. So, you know, you don't really want to play that extra game, but, you know, it's it's always in the back of your mind if you get an injury or something happens that, well, you know, sometimes teams just have a day out, you know, like, so uh, it's always better to have that second chance to start with, but hopefully we don't need it. I'd rather just go out there and win our first final yeah, you know, get the week off straight in a prelim, you know. So that's it. What about you, Tim? What do you think's been? I mean, it's you know pretty obvious one, but you know it was pretty awesome seeing it at the start of the year with the you know the unfailing of the flag and you know sticking it up the doggies and <laughs> you know those bits and pieces. But yeah, what do you think, mate? Um, yeah, look, there's a couple that come to mind. I think yeah, the round one was certainly I think important to to sort of put our stamp. I think being such a short time between, you know, short time in terms of. Um, I suppose days between you know a grand final rematch is generally scheduled for 
somewhat in the first third, maybe like somewhere around eight or nine. So I think that was a precedent in itself, a new precedent. But I think the first game against Brisbane was probably pretty important. Where similar to last year, like we've had, you know, had a really strong start to the season. I want to say strong, you know, win ten in a row. That's more than strong. But then when you do start to lose a couple and the questions start to get asked externally and not that they might buy into that too much, but certainly as a supporter, you might feel the pressure a little bit, but I think that they, that win, the first Brisbane win um, and the Fremantle win were just certainly, I think backs to the wall a little bit where we definitely had something to prove. And I think it even came more so as well in round 23, because when there is that element of doubt and we've spoken about before, we're more than happy for Geelong to take the mantle of premiership favorites. That's fine. We'll happily fly under the radar and, and do our thing. But I think when it comes to, you know, people giving us shit and, and having doubt in us, we've gone out there and proved our point on the field. And I think we saw again in those three games that they're really, yeah, you see us switched on. Uh, our best is our best is amazing, and I think it's incredibly hard to stop, and I think that's been really important. The Carlton game, I think, might have galvanized them a little bit. I think if we lose that, as well, on the back of losing the Collingwood game, that would have hurt. And I think not finishing top four would have hurt. I think, like, it's been an amazing season. As a neutral supporter, like, we've just finished probably one of the all-time great rounds of football uh, in terms of shaping the finals. But if we finish sixth, it would, I think, to go ten and zero, and you think to <laughs> you think to Carlton fans that have gone eight and two and now lost, to, you know, missed out in the finals. Um, it would have, yeah, it would have sucked to finish six, even though I think we would have been, we still would have won the first final. Um, I know it's a long-winded answer, Simo, but uh, I think honestly, well, I think we've just won when it's counted, when we've really needed to dig out and get a win. Um, you know, the boys have done it, and yeah, I think that's that's all we can ask for. What about you, mate? Yeah, I suppose, well, being a, you know, a one week at a time kind of guy, you know, just, I suppose, most important win is all the 16 we've got because it's got, you know, where we are. Um, but yeah, I suppose that definitely the Carlton game is probably the one that sticks out for me, just more so because of my household. I mean, I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't bear to, uh, to deal with, uh, my partner, VL, fiance, um, yeah, sticking up me because it's been five years and we haven't lost to them. But um, yeah, getting the win over the line, I think just galvanized me as well as, you know, as a supporter base. I think just saying that, I mean, it was tough. It was, you know, they had a lot to play for. We had a lot to play for. Um, stood up, big crowd. And yeah, just just super happy with that one. I was concussed during the time, which was, you know, I'm lucky I actually remembered it all. But um, yeah, no, very pleased with that. And I suppose... Yeah, to go along with the season, it'd be cool to sort of have everyone's thoughts on, um, you know, the players that have got us there too, I suppose, because, um, you know, probably for me is probably, you know, Clayton Oliver's year, I think he'll probably be top three Brownlow. You know, I mean, I mean the hard thing is Petrarca taking votes off him and stuff like that. But, yeah, I don't know what you guys think, but, yeah, there's there's been a lot of people. Gus Brachel is probably another one. Jack Viney for us, Tim, but. You know, what do you reckon, Guy? Who's been sort of your standout for um for the D's for the year? Yeah, d- definitely like the midfield, I think, have really done well. Like Jack Viney, mate, has been amazing again. But like Angus, just rock solid. Clary, if he doesn't win the Brownlow, he'll go that close, I think. So, but also the, you know, like Petty and those guys have stood up, you know, like our back line has been phenomenal again. Um, and that's I reckon that's been our backbone. You know, we start a lot of our plays from our backline, our defense. 
you know, and then the midfield just dominates you know, on top of that. But yeah, there's a few boys there. I think I think this year we've only had about six or seven that's played every game. So I'd probably say those six or seven blokes that have managed to play every game is pretty special. So yeah. I think last year I think they had 14. So that gives you a difference in the year. So yeah, yeah, that's 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 wild to think that, and I suppose we've been reasonably blessed with with health and and injuries as well too. Like Tom McDonald's always a big one that that we're missing at the moment and have missed for for quite some time. But we've been pretty fortunate that we haven't lost anyone for a considerable amount of time besides him as well. Uh, yeah, I think it's got to be a balance of everything. But I think Clayton Oliver again, like especially his first half of the year as well too, where. Him, well, Petrarca had that really fiery start, first sort of five rounds, and he was absolutely flying. And then he sort of garnered all of the, the attention on field. And then Clary really kind of, you know, burst onto the scene there and and had, yeah, like, and continues to do so. But probably yeah, a couple of 40-odd possession games. But they're not, as we've spoken about before, they're not just, you know, uh, counting numbers. It is 40 effective disposals. And, like, you look at what he did on Friday night with, you know, 30 disposals there. But, like... From there, with 20 contested possessions and 13 clearances. I mean, anyone, not say anyone can get 30 touches, but your so so players might get 30 touches, but they're certainly not 20 contested and 13 clearances. I mean, he's, he's a prime reason of, of why we're able to do what we do. So I think he's certainly got to be up there. And, and Max still probably hasn't quite been to the same, to his absolute best level, but he's still had some absolutely incredible games. And, you know, you think about how we play without him. Without Jackson, it could be it could be a very interesting uh, could be interesting dilemma next year. Whatever happens, and whether they try and source a bit of insurance over the off season, whether that's Brody Grundy or somebody else, if you know if scenario A goes ahead with Jackson leaving, um, yeah, we still need to have somebody. I think they're set on playing these two rucks, so that's been a really integral part as well. Yeah, nice one. And Sorry. I suppose a big congratulations to the players that got the in the 44-man All-Australian squad too. So um, what's that? Maisie, Clary, Track, Gorn, Brayshaw, and... Fritter. And Fritter. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be, um, it'll be interesting to see. Probably, what, what do you say, maybe four of those get in. Probably unlucky Brayshaw and Fritter, most likely, mm. potentially. But mm. yeah, no, very, very pleasing to see us dominate that area again. And, you know, it's going to... I mean, it's not everything, but, you know, those boys, obviously, you know, they're playing their role and doing what they can to get us the, the wins. Yeah. Um, guys, I was thinking about your time with the days and when you debuted, and you, you debuted in quite a successful uh, era for the days in terms of you were quite competitive, you are up there in the finals. I think one of the most impressive things that we've that's maybe flown under the radar a little bit this year for Melbourne has been their ability to back it up and the, the weight of expectation of being of, of going back-to-back back and how difficult that is. I was saying to Simo earlier before, I think, that the Western Bulldogs just scraping in. Had they not made the eight, are enough people talking about the drop-off there and we see what teams can do in terms of, ta- of taking an opportunity and grabbing because you know that there's always going to be someone on the improve. You've got a Collingwood this year, you know, a Carlton that only just missed out, but, you know, Collingwood that goes from 17 to 4th. 98... You guys have a real red hot crack and probably your best chance to, to get a flag in 98. 99, finished 14th, 2000, back up around the grand final. How hard is it after a year of being successful to try and, and I suppose, yeah, replicate that following year? Because I think that's probably something when you think about Coach of the Year Award and how impressive and how hard that must be 
especially after winning one. I know you can't speak from that experience, but how hard is it to try and, yeah, I suppose, replicate your on-field success, um, you know, season after season? Because between 98 and, say, like 2001, 2002, you sort of yo-yoed a little bit there, but you're around the mark. Yeah, look, it's pretty tough to stay up. Like, 98, we probably got carried away with, you know, we... We might end up making the prelim and we thought, oh, we're up and about here. But then 99, we got a couple of injuries. I think Nita broke his thumb and a, had a few early ones that we really struggled. And you now we probably come back a bit overweight, a few of us, me including, just because, you know, we, we went away and enjoyed the off-season because we hadn't had that success for so long. And then 99, we were so disappointed. So we, mate, we trained at, that 99 pre-season going into 2000 was probably one of the toughest pre-seasons I've done. And it, look, it shows if you're fit, look at, you know, you go out and make a granny again. Um, and then we knew sort of that what we had to do and, and probably some of it's injuries. You know, we, we had injuries all the way through those years, whereas this, this team's been very lucky so far. And all the, all the good teams that continually stay up um, have a good run with injuries through that period, you know, like your Hawthorns, Geelong, you know, that you just got to be lucky and not lose your key guys. You can cover, you know, your 22 and your 20, 20th player, but when you're losing a Max or a Track or Oliver, really hard to replace those guys. So, yeah. 100%. I mean, you look at, you know, the days of 2018 year, then you look at 2019, you just think, I think there was like 17 off-season surgeries, which, you know, obviously, you know, didn't put us in good stead. And obviously a lot of things we got wrong and, you know, and then it just allowed us to get Dogger and Cosy Pickett and Trent Rivers the next year. And, you know, the rest was history. But, yeah, 100%. Staying healthy is obviously a big thing. And, you know, the key players still sticking around. I know we lost Max for a three-week period and we lost Clary for a week. But, yeah, yeah apart from that, just yeah, it's just been Tom McDonald. And I think, yeah. I mean, you can't really say Joel Smith because he's, your, you, know, your, you know, in and out sort of player. But... Yeah, I mean, we have been blessed and, you know, touching wood, that that continues and, yeah, we can put the, our best foot forward. Christian Salem as well, too, is probably someone I forgot. Lost yes, him for quite actually, a while. Yeah, <laughs> it was about 10 rounds in the end, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> so well, there you go. But there's, you know, and, and Bowie, you mentioned him on Friday night coming in and playing his role and played really well. But, again, you know, with Rivers as well, too, played a really good game Friday night. It's it's all these players that, you know, that squeeze to get into, to get into the ones and, and sort of prove that they've got a role. It's been, um, yeah, sorry, slightly off topic, but I was thinking about players proving it. What have you seen from the inspired efforts of like your Jake Melshams and Jaden Hunt's efforts in the last probably six to eight weeks of footy? Like, how have you seen that? And I suppose, have, did, was there anybody that you kind of have in mind around those final series that you played that were maybe, yeah, stiff on, on final selection, but you know, like we're able to try and make it into the following year or? Yeah, look, there was, yeah, there was a few guys, like definitely like Melchi, oh, mate, his last four or five weeks since he's been in have been amazing, you know, and, and Jaden Jaden won the game for us, you know, against Carlton by just his attack and run off the back line to, you know, to actually get it in there and hit a target. Um, yeah, when we played, you know, probably like your doggy Browns, he missed a lot of footy, you know, 98, 99, gets in for 2000 and sort of stayed in after that, which was great. He was probably one of the ones, you know, another one that was probably unlucky was like your Matty Collins, um, you know, kept breaking his arm and stuff. And Daniel Ward, you know, broke his arm multiple times because they were so hard and they probably, you know, they played a lot more later 
but those early years where we probably needed them, they're a bit unlucky with injuries. So, yeah, no, no, definitely. It's uh, I suppose a, a regular story in 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 the sport where you know there's always going to be those hard luck stories. But for us, hopefully, we can kind of see where you can't fit everybody in. But it's it has been, I think, yeah, Jake Melsham especially. We've certainly noticed that he's. He's just the little one percenters that he does and, and the way that the players speak about him and, and the way that, yeah, being a real clubman and, and doing whatever he, he needs to do for everybody else. He's an extremely selfless player, which hopefully, you know, personifies everything that the rest of the club stands for, what they stood for last year. And I think the drive also from the players to back it up to wanting, really wanting to do one, you know, to be able to repeat in front of fans at Melbourne is uh, is obviously pushing them forward as well too because... By all means, and I'm sure you might have felt the same way. And it's, you can't be too selfish, but it certainly uh, is something that, at some point, would love to celebrate with fans at the G. You know, in the moment, it would be incredible. Yeah, we've got I got on the top, mate. We've got the <laughs> premier's top one, so I hopefully uh, add another one to it. So that'd be great. Nice one. Uh, just uh, quickly before we head off. You talked about it at the top uh, that you had your fundraiser for um, your car for the drive for MND. Can you talk a little bit about? Because I know you've got such a strong relationship with you know your uh, the team like your teammates and who you play like Chell and, and all those boys. And I know that you do a body of work still with Neil and uh, with MND and in support. But can you tell us a little bit about like your current fundraiser and you said that's for the MND drive and I know that you've participated in that in what how many years now? It's been going. Think, I've done it every year, so I think we're coming into the fifth or sixth one now that we've done. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it keeps getting bigger every year. The amount of funds that people are raising, so you got to lift your game. But ours is pretty simple. Ours is I always picked um, an away game like the Brisbane game um, or a Port Adelaide game where we're away, and um, beers and pizza, mate. Pretty easy. Just get a bunch of blokes together in a shed and put on some beers and pizza, and you know. 50 bucks goes to the food, the rest goes to MMD, you know? So uh, yeah, it was great. The other night we raised nearly seven grand for our car just from a bunch of mates. We only probably had about 60 guys there because um, normally I have it in my man cave, but I'm doing a reno at the moment. So we had it at Chell's place and it was a bit nervous to start with. Thought we might trash the joint, but uh, <laughs> it, was, it was all good. Not not up in a high-rise building somewhere, was it? Somewhere in the, you know? No, nah, not not now. He's got a lovely place in Glen Iris now, so it's yeah. not too bad. But, yeah. And this year, we actually, we go to Myrtleford for the first night. So we they had it planned a couple of years ago after the bushfires to go sort of Myrtleford and then over the top of the mountains to Lakes Entrance and then Warrigal on the way home and just to try and support some of those local communities that have been affected so badly from... You know, especially even Bright and Myrtleford, no tourism because of all the smoke and the fires. People weren't able to go up to their holiday houses like they normally did. So hopefully we can uh, raise some money for MMD, but also put some money back into those towns that have missed out on a lot of um, tourism over the last, you know, with COVID as well. It's just been a double whammy for a lot of those towns. Yeah, and you've still, you've obviously got family still in Myrtleford, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I still have mum yeah. My mum and dad, my brother are still in Myrtleford, so and my sister, yeah. so yeah, it's nah. good. Oh, well, that'll be, yeah, absolutely. That'd be yeah, great excuse to to stop in. So oh, that's fantastic. That's awesome. All right. Well, we might uh Simo, we might finish off with our five and a flash riggers. So it's uh five yeah. quick questions. Gotta be first thing that uh comes to your mind and Simo, I'll let you uh I'll let you start it off. All right, the first one. 
Which current player would you want to play with and why? Oh, Clary, just the toughness and uh, and probably probably Jack, Jack Viney, because I got to play with his dad. But uh, just those two, probably it's hard to split them. Just their attack on the ball. Like, I marvel sometimes about how Clary gets the, the footy out, you know, in those tight um, situations. Like the other night, he actually grabbed it. He sort of ducked out of a tackle and then still had time to look and give it off to, to Tracker, I think it was, and off off we went. So just pretty special skill under extreme, you know, pressure to be able to hold your nerve like that when you're getting smashed. Yeah, pretty special. I think we can almost take him for granted a little bit. I think we will probably won't realise his uh, probably his full greatness until quite a number of years from now. We'll, we'll yeah. look back. Uh, now he's he's one that <laughs> it's it's a closed answer. Who was the last player to wear number 43 currently? Oh, I honestly don't know. <laughs> it hasn't been worn for a little bit. It hasn't. It hasn't. Must have retired it. <laughs> we thought they might have. Because Harmsy had, had it before he went to four, so probably him. Even, yeah, correct. No, it was. In 2017, he had 43 until he moved to four. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe they have retired it. Maybe, it's an, maybe yeah. yeah. Up in the rafters somewhere. <laughs> Love it. Next one. Uh, funniest sledge on the field. I mean, you told us one before, but you know, either either yourself or um, yeah, someone, someone, someone. Oh, said to you. One of the ones from another club was, I think, at Luke Darcy. He said it on TV before, and just uh, I think they went out for the centre bounce, and he's going to the umpire. Stop, stop, stop. The little leg's still on. This is after half time, um, and the umpire looks around <laughs> and it was Boomer Harvey. So. <laughs> Oh man, uh, that's good. Uh, former player, so former player. What former player would you bring back into the current team? Like, who who do you think would slot in nicely to uh, the twenty twenty two side that we would need? Oh, it's a no brainer, isn't it? Like uh, Nita, just that uh, give us that big target forward that just yeah, especially with the guys we have got around there now. Like it'd be phenomenal to see him, the Petrarca and those guys hitting him lace out. So probably Nita. Something that I thought was underrated about Nita was how mobile he was. I thought, yeah, he was so mobile and he could do it at ground level as well. So, I mean, another player I grew up, you know, watching as a kid. And, yeah, I mean, it would be nice having him. And oh, I suppose Ben Brown has a crack, but yeah, it definitely wasn't the Nita. <laughs> um, last one. Um, who posts the worst stuff in the past players' WhatsApp group? Probably Chell. <laughs> Some of these posts are out there, but yeah, probably Chell. <laughs> Is it still as is it still as big and got as much momentum as what it did towards the end of last year, or is it sort of died off a little bit? Nah, definitely it's been great, and um, they've actually got like apart from the running group one, they've got the full on past players one now from the grand final. Shit, I think there's something like 250 guys on there now, and it's and it's just just sharing you know um, the the joy I suppose of what the club's going for at the moment because. A lot of those guys didn't have a lot of success, but they, they feel involved again. Like we had a past players catch up there. I forget which round it was. It might have been, I'm not sure if it was the Collingwood one. And they actually invited some of the guys from the under-19s and the reserves that um, played for a certain era. And they, I think the under-18s, under-19s had a won a flag and they got all those guys back. And a lot of them didn't go on to play senior footy, but they felt really special about being back involved with the club and they just loved every minute of it being there again. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I think it's great to see, again, that kind of sense of community and connectedness that that footy can bring 
towards a group of players. And I know, Guy, we talked about last time about, you know, players that go through certain issues and stuff and about how much a, a club and the people around it can really um, get there and support people and not just things on the field, but off the field as well for for many years uh, to come. And, you know, you're a great example of that. And I think that your era as well of teammates provide such a, a strong, I suppose, a strong yeah example of that about players that stay around and, and look after each other and are mates for life i think that's yeah it's something yeah. that's so special about the game and that was instilled for, for our group through neil to start with he was really really big on being involved with the past players even when we were current players making sure we went to their events and stuff because they didn't have a great one at Eston originally. They had, he said their past players were shit. And then they worked on it to get it you know, a lot better because they had success with those flags. They sort of got their reunions up and going. But, you know, with us, we didn't have those flags, but we still love the, you know, your mates. Just that was the best part of it and making sure everyone's looked after and, and just, you know, have a lot of fun with them. You know, because you're, you're only footy for a short time, but you're, they're your mates forever. So, yeah. Nah, that's amazing. All right, mate. Well, oh, we'll last one before we go. Predictions for I know it's I know it's a long way away, but yep. what do you what are you thinking for Friday night against against the Swannies? What do what do we need to do? How how are you feeling about it? Are you confident last time they look? I, I think we can beat them if we play like we did the other night. But especially when we played them the, at the G the last time, we kicked so badly. Like we should have been five six goals up, and then we give we kept them in the game by our bad kicking, and then they did well. Don't worry about that. They they come on, but I think. They've got a really good back line, so we're going to have to use the ball. But I think if we um, if we play like we do did against Brisbane and as a whole team, I think we'll beat anyone. Yeah, fantastic. All right, mate. Well, thank you so much for joining on. It's great to have you on again, and uh, yeah, hear your thoughts and and everything about this season. As I said, a lot has transpired since last time we spoke, and hopefully, uh, this is another good omen to <laughs> what's heading into yeah, very exciting final series for the days. But Hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully we can catch up and have a beer at the footy too. Look forward to it. Thanks, Simo. Thanks, Timmy. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care, mate. Have a good one. It's that time. Am I chiming in here? Yeah. That special time. <laughs> What's that special word? Well, it depends because you you start your two segments off the same way, and we're not doing one week at a time this week. So <laughs> it's uh, what's what time is it? <laughs> it's a hop and D life or D's play <laughs> player of the year award. Now it's up to our discretion. But does this player of the year award run? At the end of the home and away, or do the finals count? Oh, I was just thinking that. Uh, no, let's let's run with the finals. Run with the finals. Let's let's, let's give every every other player the chance to catch up to the colossal lead that Jack Viney holds. <laughs> yeah. So what season. what we're trying to say is, if we if we get to the big dance, it's worth double votes. That we. Oh, that's oh no, that's like a wild card round, isn't it? That is a wild card round, which <laughs> could upset a few people. Could be, but no, I like it. I, I like let's it. run with it. All right, run with it. All right, my one vote goes to Gus Brayshaw. Uh, Mick, Mr. Fix-It. Um, look, Lockie Neal did have 29, but he wasn't damaging at all. And, you know, I think just to be able to accept a role and run with it as well, especially especially at stoppage, um, I thought he curved his, in, his impact as well. 
Yeah, nice one. Uh, my one goes to Cozy Pickett, was really the igniter right at the start. Uh, set the tone and, yeah, just doing absolutely everything that he does is so electric and uh, it, it really, I think it just, everybody stands up around him and I think, you know, kicking the first goal within, what, the first 30 seconds of the game, you know, Brisbane allowing him way too much space at the stoppage and being able to snap and I think that fourth goal was, the you know, the left to, or right to left, left to right, whichever way he was feigning and, yeah, had a magic first half and really, I think, yeah, is, is building upon a, a massive X factor for us in the finals moving forward. And hopefully, um, you know, being that extra, that weapon also that can get some reward on the scoreboard. Yeah, 100%. Nice. You remember who that was on? Darcy Gardner. I've, I've ripped through <laughs> Darcy Gardner this episode. You have. Uh, you have. He's, he's not a very good footballer. That's oh. as simple as that. I just don't know how he gets games. But anyway. Moving on, um, two votes. Jake Lever, the goal kicker. Um, some may say out out kicked his opponent for the day. Kicked more goals than his opponent. I'll have to double check exactly who was on for most of the time. But <laughs> Jake Lever, I thought, back to his intercept game. Um, took the eight marks. Um, I feel like he's dropped away a fair bit this year. And I suppose you know when you're an All Australian for you know for that it's, it's exact pretty much reason and his leadership as well. I just think, um, yeah, he was back to his best in that suit, um, especially yeah, as an interceptor, because we really springboarded off his uh, use, which was a 50 metre penalty, his goal, wasn't it? It was, yeah, yeah. And he still kicked it from about 55. It was a bomb. Yeah, it was was big. And uh, I don't know, I think he just gets two points alone for the celebration. So that's fair. Um, <laughs> it's definitely, definitely a good photo floating around. Of, Did you give that. him two or? I didn't. I didn't. Oh, no. Um, I didn't find a spot for him, unfortunately. Like, as you were mentioning before, it was very hard to find spots for uh, all our important contributors. But I think for me, Michael Hibbert's performance on Charlie Cameron, I think just knowing the potential of what Cameron can do when he gets off the leash, he can, like, not to say that he's, he's not an 11 goal. Um, win sort of person, but especially being able to kind of, you know, inspire those around him and and, and sort of lift. You, you don't know what can happen. Momentum is a funny thing. And if he gets off the chain earlier on and that can kind of cause all sorts of headaches to happen. And he's, we've watched him do that to teams across the number of years that he's played. And I think Michael Hibbard, again, has shown time and time again, why he's a quality lockdown defender. And I think his his role was yeah really crucial for us to sort of set the tone defensively and really shut down their forward line to have any sort of impact on the game. Fantastic and look, sorry to go back a notch here to um, the the votes for Lever and also my three voter. I mean, for a team to have eight more inside fifties than you and to still win by you know upwards of almost ten goals, it's you know it's a real testimony to what you know our system is and. You know, that comes on the back of forward pressure and midfield pressure too to allow these players to, you know, get in the right position and to really restrict teams from scoring. Um, I mean, they've scored, what, 50, 58 points for the game for 58 entries. Like, that's that's pretty unreal. Um, that kind of sounds like the days of old, to be fair, back from like 2017, 2019 days. But three votes, Michael Hibbard. Um, I th- just think a player that hasn't kicked a goal, oh, sorry, he's kicked a goal in every game except for the games against us and, just, you know, like you said before with Guy, I mean, you know, he's still emptying, you know, if he empties out those back pockets, you can see that Charlie Cameron's a piece of that. And you just, yeah, just what he did and just really curved the influence of Charlie Cameron. Like he's probably the most dangerous small forward in the competition, minus an on-fire Cosy picket, which we saw for a huge 30 minutes. But um, yeah, that's kind of gone off topic, but <laughs> who's your uh, well, well deserved. Now, look, my, my three votes goes to Clayton Oliver. I just think that, 
I was saying before, I thought his game was probably a little bit understated in the middle, but he, again, is just is just doing everything in, in what was a bit of a Brownlow showdown between him and Lockie Neal. And, you know, you mentioned on Gus's job on, on Lockie Neal, especially in that first half, really quietening him down. But I think, you know, Oliver has to poll votes um, from a Brownlow point of view. But I, I just think that his stoppage work was, again, just... Second to none, outstanding, and being able to get inside the quick hands and getting it, releasing the ball out to you know our runners and, and being able to do all the hard work in there is uh, is just getting back to his best. We sort of thought after his hand, you know, it took him a couple of games to sort of get back into the rhythm of things, but he's just shown uh, how damaging he can be, and yeah, he's going to be one to um one to watch and one to stop in the final series. So that's that's my three votes to him. Beautiful. Well, we'll have to see a leaderboard and uh, look out finals because uh, she's going to be red hot for uh, for Jack Viney. He's got a lift. <laughs> he does. He does. He hasn't polled a vote for the last probably three or four games. I don't reckon. Uh, he had, he, he had a tight game. Had the 14 on the weekend. But yeah, yeah. I think he was just too busy just you know, telling uh, the Lions players who's boss. Yeah, no, that's it. People only commenting on what they see, um, but internally, it's Fagazi. Can you do with your best uh, Matthew McConaughey impression from the Wall <laughs> No, I can't, but it's, uh, it goes something like Fagazi, it's Woozy, it's Wazi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Simo, well, it's time for talking points from our very loyal listeners about biggest things that they saw from Friday night's absolute mauling of the tigers in their den uh tigers the tigers oh shit the other big cat wrong wrong cub (laughs) wrong cat there we go that's a good start all right handballing it to you mate start it off all right first one comes in from Warren stamp fast moving relentless footy a thing of beauty and look mate we've been hanging out for this because one the pressure footy was back and two Jackson Payne and Darcy Cardinal were kicking the footy, so I was pretty happy. <laughs> I think, yeah, talking to guys well too, I think just being able to, yeah, create that havoc pressure and that, you know, being able to move the ball quickly inside, we just found so much space in there. That certainly opened up the forward line for us and, and yeah, had a really a really crazy uh, half time scoreline with, you know, only three behinds. We're, we're not used to that. So I think that was certainly a factor in that. Uh, next, we've got oh, another friend of the podcast, Sue from the Demon Army, who said defenders are starring, Hibo flying everywhere, Petty in the air, May and Lever rock solid, Hunt's run, and how about his after the siren torp? Far out. I almost forgot about that too. Like, geez, taking me back to Alice Springs there. And then Lever kicking a goal. And I'm, this is my favorite part unbelievable. I think that's, that, oh, that could be, is that the name of, is that the title of the of the episode? I think it could be. Oh, I reckon, yeah. You've you got a tagger in it, that means. I'll tag <laughs> the Demon Army. Yeah, no, um, for sure. Always. Yes. So, no, yeah, defense was rock solid. Um, as, as Sue said, I think, yeah, Hero again, shutting down Cameron, just, yeah, really blanketed him and, and he's just proven that time after time he can, he, he's got his number and, and I don't know whether it's getting in Charlie's head, but Hibbo's still at the ripe old age of uh, 31, being our oldest player on the list, is proving that he's he's an elite defender and just doing what we love. Oh, mate, he's incredible. Like, look at his work um, when he's in a body context with, with any of those smalls or medium-sized forwards. He, does, he doesn't lose the, he doesn't lose a contest. Um, yeah, best of luck trying to beat him there. Um, 
yeah, super, absolutely and that, super, that and goal saving touch in the second, early in the second quarter huge. as well too. Um, you know, just that was well before we, you know, really kind of slammed Don't on those goals. Um, yeah, it certainly, certainly was an important point at that time. So he, yeah, has a knack for timing, that's for sure. Yeah, he's very unbelievable. Um, next one comes in from Kate, uh, your cousin, I believe, Kate Horton. Um, they kept their heads and focused when Brisbane were intent on being physical and flat out trying to start fights everywhere. Impressive maturity in the team, even from the young guys. I think I delivered that right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nah, it was it was interesting. Yeah, because I feel like, I mean, we touched on it with Guy. They were just... It looked like they were just going the man rather than the footy, to be honest. And, you know, we just we just went the footy and just made them look silly, to be honest. That's probably the biggest way to put it. Probably a la the last quarter, maybe. Um, but look, what we did to them in the first half was just nuts. I mean, we say a lot about the second quarter blitz, but you look at the f- first quarter, we stranglehold them. We kicked six goals to one to start the game as well. And, yeah, just that first half was just complete. These footy times seven, I reckon. That was nuts. Bit of grand final about it, to be honest. For sure, for sure. One thing that we, yeah, probably didn't pick, you know, really pinpoint is like how good our defensive structure was, but our ability to really shut down the corridor for them. Because for, for them about how they moved the footy and quickly and getting it to their forwards, like they weren't able to use that at all. We just were able to sort of negate that space and, and make them really work hard to, to get the ball forward. So that was, that was really impressive. All right, our last one comes from Scott Graham Waters who says, uh, big Benny Brown was hitting form and showing toughness, playing great even after the hard tackle on Raynard, which was yeah a bit of a sickening sight. I think uh, I think they mentioned it on the commentary that he might have even hit the deck on the cricket pitch in the middle, which would have been bloody hard because his face looked um, yeah all sorts of stuffed up after hitting the deck. I don't like. I think we we chatted about it on the night right in, right in the moment, think, thinking that Raynard probably did try and lift him up right at the last second. I think. Like it's it's definitely a week, and don't get me wrong, but I don't think there was any um, you know malicious no, intent uh, behind it. Um, but for him to be able to bounce back and yeah, I mean kicking that goal at half on the halftime siren as well too was yeah to put a sixty six points up at halftime. You listen to that again, sixty six points up at halftime. Uh, uh, yeah, he, he he played a tremendous game, and as we spoke with Guy, I think he was just able to find space and really play to his strengths. Like we talked about how, you know, our forward entries haven't been uh, really giving him the best opportunity to score at what he's good at. And what he's good at is running at the ball and marking it at the highest point, not a contested mark in a pack. So I think we were able to really exploit their defenders. And yeah, he showed some good form, what, three goals almost by half time, I think it was. And yeah, it's great to see because he had an average few weeks prior to that. Simo, well, that does it for another week, mate. Another week gone. Home and away season 2022 is in the books. It's over. It's a it's a weird kind of feeling, and it's probably going to be a little bit weird with the with the buy. No footy this weekend. I think. Um, no, it's girls you, footy. Girls footy's on. Well, sorry, no, yeah, sorry, no, no AFL this weekend. Uh, but yeah, I think you know we've been so consumed by it, and even all the festivities of what happened <laughs> over the last you know three days of round 23 which is absolutely insane um especially sunday but yeah it's uh it's it's crazy to think how how fast how fast the season goes but 
I think you and me can both be uh, pretty happy and pretty satisfied about our effort and where we sit. And I think we've put ourselves in a pretty good position to be give ourselves the best shot at uh, going back to back. Hundred percent. I mean, we're, we're secured the home final. That's the biggest thing. And um, you know, we we hold ourselves in good stead. Like if we, you know, if we're able to win the first final, we get another home final in the prelim. If, uh, if we lose, if we lose, we still, you know, we'll be at the MCG the following week as well. So I mean, there's. You know, most you know, most of our games are going to be played at the GM. That's where it's won. So, you know, we get the exposure to more night footy. Um, <laughs> most likely we'll get, we'll get another, we'll, probably all three games, to be honest, leading up to the finals, going to be night games. And then you remember back the chat with um, Simon Goodwin at the year of the D's, like <laughs> we posed a question, well, would you rather a day or night grand final? And, you know, we had oh, 17 of our 22 were night games. Plus we had another three in the finals. I mean, that's 29 games in a year, which is bonkers as a Melbourne mm. supporter. Yeah, yeah, wild, isn't it? I know. I mean, I, I love the day games. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think, I think it's just an apparent thing. Like, you love having a few beers more so during the day now rather than night time because you're just too tired. So, I'd, <laughs> I'd much rather stick to, you know, day footy on a sunny winter's day. Is uh, there's, there's nothing much better. And, and coming home, you know, a few beers deep, but then getting plenty of sleep. So, I'd much rather that than getting home. Super late, but no, very exciting, very exciting heading in. Uh, yeah, big thanks to our special guest, Guy Rigoni, uh, jumping on again, um, friend of the podcast, but great to chat to him about, yeah, the D's big win against the Lions on Friday night, but also looking back on this season and, yeah, hearing a nice few tidbits about his uh, past playing career as well to a nice couple of sledge remarks there as well too. I won't forget those. That was great. So, uh, yeah, big thanks to Riggers uh, for jumping on. Of course, big thank you to our sponsors, Hop In Brewing and Valley Electrical Group. Don't forget you can subscribe to our podcast. You can like, rate, and review them on any of your podcast platforms that you use. Simo, as always, it's been a pleasure, mate. It's, uh, yeah, it's Steve's footy time. It's finals time. And, yeah, anything else? Anything to finish up with? Um, well, must say, it's going to be a very extra special one week at a time next week. It's got its own platform uh, in the build-up for the Sydney game. So that's uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm also looking forward to, uh, yeah, just, I suppose, having a little, you know, a bit of a break from the, from the I suppose, the pressures of the last couple, well, probably even the last month of footy for the Ds. So, yeah, we're able to reset, hit reset, and uh, go, go, go. Because you look at last year's finals. I mean, I'm ranting again here. But, <laughs> um, you look at last finals. I mean, we, you know, we had a two-week break and then played a game, another two-week break, and then another two-week break. I mean, there was breaks left, right, and center before we played across the finals. So um, we know what it's like to be in that position. So hopefully we can do it again. It was definitely worse being a supporter than it was being a player. That's for sure. That was the longest breaks in between games ever. Uh, and you know, same as the night grand final. But anyway, it's a day grand final. And anyway, we'll worry about that when it gets to it. Uh, but yeah, but most importantly, go days. Up the days. <laughs>